As you are here this morning, we are continuing our study out of Proverbs, as we are calling this uh, short series Stormproof and talking about the wisdom that God wants us to have to keep us from life difficulties. And we've been looking at just the first couple of chapters of the book of Proverbs as kind of a break from our uh, Matthew series that we've been doing. We'll come back to Matthew in, uh, I guess it's about three weeks now or so. It's not far back that we'll get back into that. But uh, looking at these pictures of, of wisdom and ultimately these early chapters telling us why we need to pursue wisdom. And God is giving us these preparations so that we will seek him and that we will pursue him. And and one of the big messages that we're going to see this morning is God trying to explain to us that if we would pursue him and really pursue his knowledge and his wisdom and his ways, It can truly be life transforming. And that's what this chapter of of Proverbs is about. Proverbs chapter 2 is just going to express that very principle to us. And we're going to notice it in in a broad way as well as some particular applications that the proverb writer makes for us. So if you have your Bibles, you have your copies of God's Word, be in Proverbs uh, chapter 2. And as we begin this, I want you to notice there is these uh, conditions as this chapter opens. As I read these first four chapters, just listen to the if statements that, that are made in it. Verse, chapter 2 of Proverbs, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words... And treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you will call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you will seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. I want you to notice that there's just these statements of here's what needs to happen If you will be a person who will truly seek after wisdom, I want you to hear the words there. Receive my words, verse one, treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. There is a picture of being a people who want to hear what God says. I want you to listen to wisdom, that you lean your heart in, that you tilt your head a little bit more when God is talking and hear what God has to say. And in fact, he underscores that a little bit more in verse three when when he says, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Notice it's not just simply... I know that you need to desire wisdom, but there's an activity on our part of calling out for it. We're looking for it. We're desiring it in such a way that we are crying out and saying, I need wisdom. And then he pushes the image even a little bit more in verse four. If you seek it like silver, if you look for it like hidden treasures. I want you to notice that he does not picture His people 
receiving wisdom by sitting on the couch and going, I sure wish I had wisdom. Sure would be nice. You know, I really just don't know a whole lot about God and about the ways of the world and things. And it sure would be nice if I had some wisdom. You will notice that there's an intensity under each of the conditions. If you will receive my words and treasure them up. If you'll incline your heart to the teachings. And then to push it a little bit more. If you will raise your voice for it. If you will actively cry out for it and seek it. And then notice that he even pushes it a little bit more and says... And if you will place a high value on it, that you will seek it like you would seek silver. Now, I want you to think about that idea for a minute. You think about how people pursue wealth. You know, it's easy to sit there and go, boy, I sure wish I had money. But that's not how it comes. And notice he's giving an elevation of wisdom. I want you to treasure wisdom and value wisdom I want you to prize it to such a level that you would seek it as if someone would say, if you do these things, you would have one million dollars. I want you to run after it like that. I want you to call out for it like that. I want you to see the high value of wisdom. One of the things that Solomon does in these nine chapters is try to communicate to us the high worth of his wisdom, how valuable it is to life. And what we're going to see as we go through this chapter, he's going to express some of those reasons why to help us see why his word and why his ways are so valuable. But ultimately, he's starting off with a picture of we have to get real with our pursuit of God. We must want him above all else. We must want his wisdom above all else. We must treasure it within us. Higher than anything else that we would treasure. We must be calling out for it like nothing else in our lives. That's how these first four verses start. That there is a time for us to just get real with God. And it's one of the things that I'm going to talk a lot about this morning. Is just simply having a passionate pursuit of God. It is easy... For God to become a habit of the week. It's Sunday, it's 1030, it's an hour, and back to life. And I want you to notice when you read those first four verses, that's not what he describes. He does not describe and say, you know, if you'll think about my words an hour a week. If you'll just kind of every once in a while brush by and think about me from time to time. If you will just think about my words, you know, when when you've got some downtime, when it's convenient for you. Notice there just the intensity of calling out, seeking, treasuring, valuing, understanding what God has to offer. Now, he's already told us some about uh, in chapter one, but I want you to listen to some of the things that he starts describing here in chapter two, because the big idea is if we would give God that real pursuit, there are things that God says he will do for us. There are results that are enacted through his wisdom that are absolutely life transforming and truly life changing. You'll notice in verse five, 
It says there in Proverbs 2, verse 5, then. You have to always appreciate it. So if, 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 then here's what's going to happen. Verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Notice that there is just a picture of understanding. Not if we would just kind of generally think about God, but if we would passionately pursue him like treasure, he says, here are some results. One, he says in verse five, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Then you will find the knowledge of God. If we would truly seek him, there is an understanding that's going to happen. And notice that verse six gives the reason why. Why will that happen? Because wisdom is from God. Understanding is from God. He possesses that ability to give us that knowledge, to give us that wisdom, to give us the ability to have skillful living, insightful living, and successful living before him. I will give you the tools that you need to avoid the problems and to walk with integrity before me. If we will pursue him, there are rewards that will happen. And sometimes we, I think we miss that idea. Sometimes I think we only look at God like this, you know, sacrifice for him, serve him now. And one day in eternity, then you will finally see some kind of tangible value. And I want you to notice the scriptures don't say that. They also say there's tangible value now. God's word has value to your life now. To keep you from difficulties, to instruct you in the right ways, to give you the wisdom that you need for life. That he describes in this section, he will give knowledge and understanding, verse 6. Verse 7, sound wisdom for the upright and be a shield and a success to those who walk in his ways. Described as guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints in verse 8. Just this long list of here's what God says. If you will get real with me and pursue me, I'll give you understanding. I'll give you knowledge. I'll give you sound wisdom. I'll be a shield to you. And I will watch over your ways. Now, I hope that sounds good. I hope you're even go, I'd like that. That's all right. Understanding, knowledge, success, sound wisdom, a shield, God being my shield, watching over my steps. Here's God saying this. If you will pursue me, if you will treat me like that silver, if you will give your heart to me in that way, if you will passionately pursue me, there are things I can do for you in your life. But you have to pursue it. Notice he describes it again in verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. 
and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. If you will get serious with me, I can give you a transformed life. I think this is something that that we often miss about what God is promising that he can do. His wisdom and following his ways can send you on a very different trajectory of life. His wisdom can change your life and change your ways and change your heart so that you have completely different outcomes than if you followed the wisdom and the ways of the world. And that's what he's trying to underscore with us. I can change your life. My wisdom can transform you. My ways can make everything different. Notice verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. Think about that idea for a minute. Life is full of paths. Just decisions everywhere. All kinds of decisions. Some of them are mundane. But some of them are really important. And they're just laid at your feet constantly. And notice God says, if you would just pursue me, if you'd get real with me, if you would make me the priority, I'll show you the good path. I'll show you the right road. I'll give you that direction that you're looking for. Pursue me so that you can have that. And I want that to be something that is just underscored into our minds that if we really want a different life, if you really want your life to be changed, if you're looking for a a, a good change up, okay, you you know, life's not working right. Things are bad. Made bad decisions, dealing with consequences, got a lot going on. Life is just a headache right now. I want you to hear God saying, if you want a different course, pursue me. I kind of wish I'd put on the, put back on the screen. You know, it's either that or listen to all those magazine headlines. Remember, I threw some of those up there about, you know, here's what the wisdom of the world is. You know, if you, if you, if you, uh can be fabulous and great, you know, if you just, you know, get a complete makeover and that'll, that'll change your life. And, you know, I think if, even just for moments thought you realize, you know, that's really not life changing. The uh, 30 minutes at a, a, a haircut is probably not the, the real life change and transformation that I'm looking for. God's trying to point out something. If you really want to get on a different path, if you really want that new leaf, if you want that new start, if you want to get going down a new road, you have to get real with God. You have to truly pursue him. And until we get real with him, there's not going to be any life change. It's going to be the same old, same old, which should make sense to us. As long as I keep listening to me, why should the outcome be any different? But this is what we do. We'll give God five minutes of, oh, yeah, yeah I, should, I should do that. And then back to, I'm on the throne, listening to me, doing what I want to do. And then we can't figure out why things aren't getting any better. God is saying something here. Don't just wish for a different life. 
Don't just wish for things to get better. Don't wish for some kind of transformation. If you will receive my words, if you will treasure in your heart what I say, if you will seek me like silver, if you will call out for me, then I can change your life. Then I can do something. But as long as we keep listening to ourselves, God's not changing anything. Because you're changing it. You're still holding the steering wheel. You're still in charge. You're still following your path and your ways and your knowledge and your wisdom and your think-sos. And then we sit back and go, I don't understand why I don't have a better life. Well, here's why. Are we really listening to God? Are we truly allowing him to change the way we think and listen to the direction that he gives? We like to think that we do. I think we often approach God like this. Okay, God, here's what you have to say. Read it, took it under advisement, thought about it. Now I'm going to do what I want to do. Appreciate the advice. Now here I go. That's a very popular way to look at God. All right, God, I, I, okay, that's what you said. Interesting, thought-provoking. Now back to what I want to do. It's a whole different world to go, okay, that's what I need to do, and I'll do it. I'll really do what it says. I'll really pursue it in that way. I will devote myself to, to that pursuit. I'll really give myself to reading his word. I'll really give myself to prayer. I'll really give myself to changing my life where God says I'm not living the way I should. It's easy to come in here and sit down and just listen to some stuff and go, yeah, that's a neat idea. And 45 minutes from now, you'll be back where you were. And God goes, you didn't do what the first four verses said. The first four verses said you'd take the words, treasure them in, incline your ear, pursue it, treat it like silver and go after it. Now he's going to try to convince us some more. It would would be fun to do all nine chapters. We're not going to do that. We only have one more lesson in, in Proverbs that we're going to do. But these chapters are just trying to convince us because God knows we are so stubborn about listening to him And he says, let me show you why. Let me just teach you. Here's some some reasons why you need to follow me. And so what he does from from verse uh, 12 all the way to the end of this chapter is just start saying, let me just give you a couple of snapshots, three pictures in this chapter of how I can change your life, how it can be better for you. First one, verse 12. Delivering you from the way of evil and from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, 
who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Notice the first picture is, if you will listen to me, then I will be a shield, then I will direct your paths. And the first direction he gives is, I can deliver you from the wicked. All right, well, what do you mean by that? What what are you trying to say? Well, if you notice, he gives pictures here of these people who rejoice in doing evil, whose paths are crooked, who are devious in their ways, who are forsaking the path of uprightness. They enjoy the the walk of darkness. So he's giving all of this imagery of there are people who are dead set on going the wrong way, and they are dead set in trying to get you to do the same with them. And God is saying, if you would get my wisdom and listen to what I say, I can help you see through that. I want you to think about how valuable that is. I can help you have the discernment to know that when they put their offer on the table of, hey, we ought to make this decision. We ought to make this choice. We ought to go that way. We should make this big life change. You're able to discern, is that good and right? Or will that path ultimately lead to my destruction? Now, I think you can probably go back into your life and into your memory banks and think about times when you were presented with some kind of proposition, some kind of idea, some kind of decision. Hey, we should do this or advice. You should do this. And after reflection and understanding and spiritual insight, you you go, boy, that's going to be a really bad idea. (laughs) If I do what they're saying, things are not going to go well. I know they're making it sound like a great idea, but I could end up in jail if we do that. (laughs) Uh, there's going to be some serious trouble that's going to happen if I listen to that. These people are going to hold me accountable and there's going to be an issue. There are so many things in life that are put before us where God is saying, it's not even always just about what's moral and immoral, but what's just a dumb decision that if you go down that path is going to make your life miserable. I'm trying to keep you from that. I'm trying to open your eyes and give you that insight to see that doesn't make sense. Let me put it this way. How many times have you ever thought, boy, that person's sure nice, but man, they just don't have a lick of sense. And you're able to go, that just, if you, why would you do that? (laughs) That does, you have an insight that they're not seeing. You're looking at it and going, it's, it's as obvious as could be. And they're going, what are you talking about? That makes perfect sense to me. You're like, no. And then something bad happens. And what do you feel like on the inside? I told you so. I could see that was going to happen right there. And the point is that it's always in our minds so fun to do that to everybody else. But God's trying to do it for us. 
I'm trying to make sure that you're not the person that everybody's looking at going, why did you do that? (laughs) That didn't make any sense. That obvious had destruction written all over it. That was going to be all kinds of trouble. Don't make that decision. God's wisdom is to help us so that we won't fall into the traps, listening to the perversity of others. Second safety, verse 16. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. It's a neat visual. He says, my wisdom will keep you from wicked men and deadly women. Now, remember, he's talking to his son. So this isn't saying all men are wicked and all women are deadly. That's not the idea. You're talking to a son and using a metaphor, obviously. Men and women both can be just as wicked and can be just as seductive. But he's talking to his son. You saw at the beginning of verse 1, my son. And so he's using an image here. And the image that he is using is a warning against adultery in these three verses. Now, one of the things I think is interesting is this is so important. This teaching right here is so important. That Solomon will come back to it and talk about it not only in Proverbs chapter 5 and not only in Proverbs chapter 6, but also in Proverbs chapter 7. Three whole chapters. And he just gives a little warm up right here. And we need to talk about what he's saying right here. He's saying that God's wisdom will keep you from listening to the seduction of adultery. If you will pay attention to what God is saying, he will keep you from the doom that comes. Notice the imagery like in verse 18, her house sinks down into death. No one who goes to her returns. No one regains the path of life. And I want us to hear that idea that God is saying, Your life is forever changed with that decision. And that's hard right now. Because our world says it's the best decision. You will just be so happy. Live out your fantasies. Everything will be so much better. And it'll just be your happily ever after. And what they don't show you in the movie and what they never tell you up front. Is you always get found out. I want that movie. You only can juggle your lies for so long. You can only let your excuses for why you're not home work for so long. You can only explain your disappearances for so long. Why you're not where you said you were. There's only so long you can play this game before it finally comes back and bites you. 
But everybody, friends, everybody, when they are in the seduction, believes they will get away with it. No one will ever know. No one will ever find out. And no one will be the worse for it. And I want you to hear God's words. That's a lie. And I want you to hear that. Hear these words where it's saying, her words are smooth words. That's what the smooth words are. You're going to be fine. Nobody will know. There'll be no consequences. Your life won't be changed. It's only going to be better. Those are the lying smooth words. I know someone who just recently went through this. He bravely wrote about this experience on social media as, a, as an attempt to warn people to not fall into this lie, this seduction of forsaking your marriage covenant. I want to read some of the words just so you can hear how he validates that. And, and kudos to him for having the courage as the one who did wrong to write and say, friends, don't do this. He said, I'm more ashamed than I've ever been in my life. I feel the weight of guilt. And it is truly crushing and unbearable. I have trouble looking people in the eye because I know they know. I have wept and sobbed uncontrollably and practically every day for the past two and a half months. Even though I have confessed my sins and prayed to God to forgive me over and over, my thoughts are dominated by despair, worthlessness, and hopelessness. There is no joy. I derive no lasting pleasure from anything I do. Any moment of levity or amusement is fleeting. I finally understand what Judas felt. I finally understand why he committed suicide. Until now, I've never been able to understand how people could feel so low, so worthless and so hopeless that they would commit suicide. I get it now. Verse 18. Her house sinks down to death. Her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. God's trying to say, you're going to destroy yourself. <clears throat> the world says, oh, it's going to be great. You're going to be so happy. You're going to get away with it. It's going to be wonderful. You just go do that. It'll be wonderful. And God is saying, you see why you need to listen to me? I'm trying to keep you from disaster. I'm trying to keep you from wrecking these great things, these great blessings that I've given you. I'm trying to keep you from destroying them. And I'm so grateful for him to have the courage to write that, to warn everybody, listen, don't do what I did. Don't follow those same steps. The writer of Proverbs is right. 
Listen to how he said it later on, and then we'll move to the next point. Proverbs 5, verse 15, when he says, Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. You catch the metaphor? Stay with your, within your marriage. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in, in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all of his paths The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for a lack of discipline and because of his great folly, he is led astray. He just warning, warning, warning. Stay in your marriage and be intoxicated in that relationship. I don't have time, but I'm going to do it anyway. Every marriage gets hard. Your marriage will go like this. And we all, when we said, I do, just thought it was an upward rocket trajectory to paradise. You know, it's just, it's going to be like this forever. We will never have any problems. It will just be, we can go out every night because that's real life. And then real life happens. And you're out of money and stuff breaks. And we become selfish. And then kids come. And it's just constant things happen. And God is saying the answer is not find somebody else to make you happy. You're actually destroying yourself. And you're destroying the covenant that you made. That joy is still there. That joy is still there. You're just in that little rundown. And it'll pick back up again if you both will commit to one another, communicate with one another, work through it. If I could stand on my head and say, talk about what's bothering you. Don't let it destroy you and go, I'm just so eaten up because they're so selfish and they they and they and they. But just sit down and talk about it. Because it's going to be ups and downs. But he gives you a warning here. Be intoxicated in your relationship. Don't look for it somewhere else. Because you will destroy your life. And you will have the same feelings that the writer of Proverbs spoke and what my friend had to write down and say, I have absolutely no joy and I have lost everything. Number three. First, he said, I'll keep you safe from the wicked people out there who are trying to take you down the wrong road. I'll give you the wisdom that you need. Number two, I'll keep you safe from seduction. I'll keep you safe from that dripping of the honey that comes from their lips to make you think life is so much better out there in a different relationship. I'll keep you from that. And then finally, I will keep you safe by enjoying my blessings. Verse 20. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out. Here is just a a beautiful ending of this chapter where God is just saying, 
let me help you enjoy the simple blessings of God. I think we just overthink life sometimes. And there are such simple blessings that God is giving to us every single day to just open our eyes to and see and enjoy and experience. You will walk in the way of what is good. I'll keep the paths, keep to the paths of the righteous. This imagery that I've given you these wonderful blessings. If you would just see them in front of you because you're listening to my ways and following my teachings. So why seek wisdom? Two things I want to end with and the lesson is yours. Number one. There's so many decisions that we can make in this life that will absolutely wreck our lives. There are so many paths that we can take that will cause us more heartache, more pain and more suffering. There are lots of roads that lead to suffering. There are lots of roads that lead to pain in this world. You can make all kinds of bad decisions and absolutely wreck your life. You may have experienced that. You may have people close to you who've done that. And here's God saying, I'm trying to keep you from making the decisions that permanently damage our lives. That's probably one of the saddest things is that there are so many decisions that forever alter you and your future. That just can't be undone. There's no rewind. There's no fixing. There's just no undoing it. It's just cataclysmic disaster. And God is trying to say, one of the things that I'm trying to do by getting you to listen to my wisdom is to keep you from that. I don't want you to have more pain in this life by your own decisions. I'm trying to keep you from that. I don't want that to be your way. And so what God then is trying to tell us ultimately then is if we would really get serious about him, he can seriously change you. But we have to get serious with him. We have to come to know his word and come to know his ways and come to know his wisdom. And actually treasure it, seek it, let it sink in, and change who we are. He can keep us from so many painful experiences. If we would receive his words, call out for insight, and seek his teachings like silver. Or to put this in the opposite way. He has given us the wisdom we need to keep us from derailing our lives. He's told us what we can do to not derail life. To keep things on the smooth road. So that you don't have to go through all the pain that sometimes this life gives. Listen to what he says. His ways are wise. His ways are right. And everything that he has written is to keep us from suffering now and suffering from the life to come. Let's go to God in prayer.
Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for having a love for us to such a degree that you would explain to us the ways that are wise and right and warn us of the ways of disaster. Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts so that we would listen. Soften our hearts so that we would truly let your word sink into our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes so that we would have an intensity about you. And Lord, I pray that we would just get real with you in pursuing you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. Lord, forgive us for how often we have neglected you. Forgive us for how often we have turned our ears away from your wisdom. Forgive us for when we have rejected your counsel. And Lord, I pray that you would help us that for the various consequences and difficulties that we all deal with because of our sins, that you would help us through those times. Help us through those circumstances. Help us through that suffering. Help us move in the right direction when we feel like we are in the dark, when we feel like that we are pinned down under the weight of our guilt and the foolishness of our sin. Help us to move forward. Help us to move forward with clean hands and clean hearts that seeks you, that seeks to do what is right and to listen to your ways. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, thank you for being a God that does not say, I told you so, but gives us a remedy that gives us forgiveness and gives us renewal. So Lord, help us pursue you in a whole new way as we go into this new day. In Jesus' name, amen. We encourage you this morning to pursue a new life with him, a new way with him, to think about the direction you're going. Think about the decisions you're making. Think about what matters most to your life. I I just implore you, if you want a new direction, if you want a new life, if you want a new you, if you want new transformation, pursue God. Really pursue him. And you watch the changes he'll make. You'll be amazed at how he can change you. You'll be amazed at how he changes your heart, how he changes your mind, how he changes your tongue, and how he changes your relationships. Get real with him and just simply watch what he can do for you. We want to help you in that. You can talk to one of us afterward if we can help you in some way. If you're ready to become a Christian, to follow him faithfully with all of your heart, let me know. Let Dan know or you can come forward right now while we stand and while we sing.